What's it mean to covet or to be covetous? What's that? Envy. Envy? Okay. Sin. Want. Hey, you're getting ahead in the notes, brother. <laughs> We're actually going to talk about that tonight, but it's true. Amen. Amen. That's how God views it. What else? When you think of covet, just what comes to mind? Real quick. Want. Desire. Desire. Want. Greed. Okay. Is it something that you have to work on, or are we just really good at it? Oh, we're really good at it. Yeah, right? Yeah. My mom, uh, in order for, to know what I wanted for Christmas, she would, you know, here's the Thanksgiving. This is American Thanksgiving, so it's uh, Black Friday ads, right? So, and she'd say, circle what, you know, what you would like. Before I was done, I think I made it through like three or four markers, right? <laughs> so there was more of what I was willing to not ask for. I think I wanted it all. So this idea of being covetous, it's not something we have to work on. It's there. It's something that if we uh, are not leaning on the Lord and, and seeking him, it's just, it just comes out. And we'll be ruled by it. There's people that, like uh, Dave Ramsey. You ever heard of him? Uh, he's like a Christian financial guru. You know what he says? Don't do it. You got to rein that, that, that dragon in, that, that desire dragon in. Because if not, people, I mean, he's got a, a lifestyle. He's got a business of telling people, quit it. Right? Literally, that's his job. He makes a lot more money than we do. He makes more money than we do to tell people, stop spending money. Right. There you go. That's the gist, by the way. And why do we spend money that we don't have? Being covetous. It's the main thrust. Hey, you know what? Uh, 0% financing. Or 1.9. And then... You'll just be p making payments of $1,000 every two weeks. But you need it, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you see these things now that it's coming uh, springtime and well, you see ride-ons, you know, four-wheelers and those types of things, motorcycles. I get a lot of those emails from Honda. Honda wants me to really buy something from them. I'm like, don't they know I have kids? I got to feed them. But what is it that you struggle with? That's, you know, the biggest gist that we can get, at, get out of all of this is we all struggle in a certain area. If that's Frenchies or, you know what I'm saying? Oh, wait, should I have gone there or am I meddling? All right, moving on. So turn with me to Mark chapter 7. We're on uh, Roman numeral 5, Mark 7. We've looked at how that covetous is... Covetousness is the 10th commandment. Uh, it's mentioned, so God feels strongly about it. It leads to other sins. We saw that from Achan's life. It can be hidden, uh, but then it, it comes out. It's there. It's always there. And it's a sign of the times. 
It's just the culture that we live in. That brings us to Mark chapter 7, verses 21 and 22. Mark 7. Mark 7, 21 says, For whom within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. Amen. So in other words, it's in us. That's the sin nature. That's, uh, Paul calls it being carnal. So do we have to learn how to do this? No. So covetousness is a heart problem. Is a heart problem. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of focus in our society about, oh, it's a matter of the heart. It's a heart, you know, you just need to follow your heart. Oh. Jesus is talking here in verses 21 to 23. This comes out of us, but we need to follow our heart. Man, look what's, look what, ah. Yes, that's what comes out of our heart, right? So, uh, the little town we used to live in, Laramore, uh, they never really spent money to update their water system, their water lines, the infrastructure. They got a new water plant about 10, 15 years ago, but they never updated the pipes. So fun, fun fact. Uh, everything shifts in the ground, right? So there's rust that settles in the lines. So you ever just, oh, go and wash your clothes. And you pull them out and it's, all your whites are brown. Just rust. Literally, you could turn on the faucet and brown water would come out. Yes. You guys aren't looking real excited. Yeah? So you'd have to, if that ever happened, you'd have to wash it with this stuff called CLR. Um, rust out? Yeah. Okay, well, Rachel's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'll just move on. So, yeah, don't wash it with CLR. And anyway, uh, we had to rewash our clothes sometimes. This is also gross. You know, you're trying to fill the, the coffee pot, and it looks like you're filling it with coffee. Right? So that was coming out. So what, what would you do if that was your house? If you're hooked up to that water supply, what would you do? Move. Move. Hey, amen, I did. And, and I, I got like an artesian well type thing going on, so that water's good. Filter it. Yeah. This is where you get um, the salt system. And then two or three filters on your house. After about two weeks, three weeks, uh, the filters would get clogged. Yeah, you pull a filter out and it's black. And you're like, that's disgusting. Folks, that's exactly what, if we were to do that with our hearts, that's exactly what would, we would have, what, black. You ever see uh, somebody who smoked for, a significant period of time. 
You know where they, they take pictures or whatever, they show you what their lungs look like? Is that kind of disturbing? You remember those 1970s and 80s commercials where the, it was a skillet and someone cracked an egg and says, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs? Any questions? The, it got the point, right? Yes, sir. So that's, that's what happens. So, folks, our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked above all things, man. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 3. Point is, is our heart's bad. Covetousness is just one little part of the heart. But if God has your heart, these things are going to be held back, right? Praise the Lord for that. You say, well, at least I'm not a murderer. You know, but what about the very first thing, verse 21 says, proceed evil thoughts. Uh-oh, are you off the hook? Every single one of us just got hooked. But then, you know, the rest, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts. You say, oh, I, I haven't done those things. Folks, it's in our heart to do those things. And if we think about those things, John chapter 8 talks about uh, uh, murder, that if you think uh, negatively or if you think evil thoughts against somebody, it's as though you committed murder in your heart. Or if you look after somebody to lust after them, it's as though you've committed adultery or fornication in your heart. Because it all goes back to evil thoughts. You begin to think these things, you'll do those things. So you say, Pastor, why are you harping on this so hard? Man, we'd have an, a lot better Christian walk if we would bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Wouldn't we? So if you're out of control in any area of your life, you have a heart problem. Don't we? I mean, because we only receive that which we want. Like um, that water that I was talking about coming out of the faucet. It's pretty nasty, that brown water. God doesn't deserve that, folks. He deserves a clean vessel. Does meat for the master's use, 2 Timothy 2. Covetousness is a heart problem. And then 6, turn with me to Colossians 5. I'm sorry, Colossians 3. We'll just have Brother Nelson read this for us, if you don't mind, since he's all meddling in the message. <laughs> but that was good, though. Amen, in a good way. <laughs> Five, yes, I'm sorry. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mm. You know, it's interesting. What's noticed last is covetousness. It almost doesn't seem like it belongs in the rest of that list. Because the rest of that list is like an excess lifestyle, right? The, the beginning or the rest of that verse is basically the way our culture lives, isn't it? I mean, it's just, 
it, you know, just as fast and, and as far as people can go, right? Get as much out of this life as you can. For when you die, that's it. That's what they believe. Because when there is no Bible, when Bible is not your standard, then you can do whatever you want to do. So I used to live like there were no rules, but then my mom would come home. And then there's some rules that would be thrown back at me. And I didn't appreciate them. I didn't like them in the first place. But just no matter how we feel about the rules, about the word of God, it doesn't change the word of God, right? It's still there. And we're going to be judged by it. But it says covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, explain this to me. How can this desire, this want for more, be idolatry? Takes your time. But what is idolatry? Putting something, before, something. Putting something before God. Charlotte says idolizing something. Well, we have American Idol, mm -hmm. right? Or those types of things. Who's your idol? You know, you used to go into, uh, you know, little kids' rooms. And, you know, I had, a, I had a poster of Michael Jordan. You know, when he dunked from, it was a dunk contest. I think it was 87 or 88 where he jumped from the free throw line. His foot went over, by the way, but anyway. And where he's flying through the air and his you know, legs are like all out and his tongue's all hanging out. Yeah, they, that's on sneakers now. It's been that way. Jordans, Air Jordans, you know, it's him doing this from that dunk contest. It's pretty cool. But is he an idol to look up to? Look at his life. Yeah? Be careful who, you're, you're, who you look up to, your idol, right? Uh, I used to look up to Magic Johnson. Because, uh, you know, he's still six foot six, but, or six five, or something like that. It was considered kind of short in the NBA. And I remember I was, he was in the sixth grade, and he came out, and he was just a moral leper. I was devastated. My sixth grade teacher at the time was a track coach. He's a very stern man, you know, he was my favorite teacher, but he, he took time and he explained, you don't look up to this man. Look at his life. You find a different person to look up to. We always look up to Mr. Sluga, he's six foot four. So, but yeah, he was a, he was a neat man. Just be careful who your idol is. That's, that, was a, that was all for free. It could be self. Well, can you explain that? How can, how can our self be an idol in our life? Pride, pleasing self. Pleasing self, pride. Pride is probably the biggest reason why people do not get saved. Why? Why do you, why do you think that might be true? We want to do it ourselves. We want to rule it. Sure. Yeah. I'm, right, wrong. I'm right, everyone's wrong. I want to be right. I want control. <coughs> Folks, I, I'm a licensed air traffic controller. Mm -hmm. Emphasis on control. Controller. Yeah. Do do? Yeah. Lord had to break me of that. Mm -hmm. who's, in, who's really in control? Yeah. God is. Yeah. The sovereignty of God. What that means is that God is in control regardless of what happens in this life. Yes. God 
doesn't, isn't always in everything, but in the end, he allowed it, right? That's the sovereignty of God. Wow, we got some good doctrine coming out of this. Amen. Covetousness, which is idolatry. Anything that is in between you and God is an idol. It, does, it doesn't matter what it is or who it is. It's an idol. If it's the TV, if it's entertainment in general, if it's your spouse, if it's a child, uh, talk about children worship in our culture today. Right? Man, I, you know, it just boggles my mind the way that parents just, you know, are being run by children in our culture. Right? Junior, where do you want to go out to eat tonight? Well, they can have an input, but it's not up to them. Kids rule homes today. Well, if parents, I'm not, forgive me, I'm not trying to pick or meddle, but if families are all about making money and then feel guilty about not spending time with children, what, what do parents do? Buy their loyalty, buy their love. Yeah. One of my buddies growing up, same situation. I enjoyed it because they buy my loyalty and love too because I was with Junior. Right? I didn't mind. It's nice when someone else buys your clothes and buys your food. It worked out good for me. Point is, is be careful. What's an idol in your life? Anything that is in between you and God, it's not okay. Because there has to be nothing, that we sing the song, nothing between my soul and my Savior, right? Keep the way clear and nothing between. So you say, well, what about this desire to have something? Well, man, it could be anything. Could be a job, a promotion, it could be a car, it could be any what I'm just trying to get at is it's not necessarily just material. Yeah. It can be anything. Anything. If you're not happy with where you're at in your life and you see somewhere else or someone else or just something else, and you think you need that to be happy, that's not true. Do you know what you need to be happy? God. Is Jesus, God. Amen. You seek God, seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. Matthew 6 says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. We're going to really dig into that passage here shortly. But point is, is, folks, who you seek after, you will find. Problem is, if you seek after things and stuff, when you finally get it, you'll say, that's it? You guys ever heard of Lawrence Taylor? Yes, sir. Number 56. I think he was one of the only uh, defensive players in the NFL to ever win the most valuable player. I think it was in uh, 1987, 88, somewhere in there, Walter Payton era. And... Uh, he was very successful. He was so good that teams would spend two or three guys to go and block him. 
And then the rest of his team would begin to be successful. Guys that were kind of average or above average were having success because the whole other team's trying to block LT. True. And he was still destroying people, just running through everybody. I mean, some of the hits that LT had, you're like, oh, ooh. But in his own personal life, he was a wreck. Drugs, an excess lifestyle. Well, he won a Super Bowl, and then he made this statement. What's, what's there to live for now? When he win his Super Bowl, 90, 89, somewhere like that? He beat the Bills, so <laughs> that's my team. There's got to be more to life than this. Tom Brady said that. He's won, what, four or five Super Bowls? Yes, what, there's got to be more to life than this. When you finally get to where you think that you'll be happy, you'll, be, you'll get there and you'll say, Oh, that's not as satisfying as I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah amen. That's wonderful. That's perfect. How many times does Solomon say that in the book of Ecclesiastes? Vanity, vanity. All is vanity. It's emptiness. Vanity, just empty. It's all empty. And what did he seek after? What didn't he seek after? That'd be easier, right? Just excess. Merriment. Women, money, stuff, knowledge. What didn't he seek after? He says it's all vanity. I like Ecclesiastes chapter 12. How did he end that verse? Or that, the chapter, very last thing he said. Do you remember? Amen. Here's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. And keep his commandments. Amen. For this is the whole duty of man. That's it. Well then. We won't be idols. Covetousness is the same as idolatry. Idolatry is your blank there. But there won't be anything between us and God. If we just seek him. I mentioned this morning about. How that so often. People seek Revival or seek God's pour out your spirit. God do that. Man, He will seek Him. Don't seek the, the effects of seeking Him. Right. Seek Him. And you love Him. And you know what? It's 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 just husbands, if you love your wives and you obey God, as Ephesians chapter 6, right? Husbands love your wives. Sad he got us to tell us to do this. But if you do that. You seek, uh, you love your spouse. Man, who, what anyone else is going or doing, other women won't catch our eye. Amen. Right? Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I'm trying to put it in a way that is appropriate. But look, it, she'll have your heart. Yeah. We have a, and this is perfectly fine, my wife knows where I go. She, she can see, you know, like if I say I'm going to go to the gym, 
You know what she can do? Look on Google Maps and she can see where I'm at. That's, that's good. And sometimes she'll say, you know, oh, your phone's getting a little low on power. You need to charge your phone. Or she, she texts me the other day and says, hey, I'm in Tim's line. And, and I looked on and I'm like, ooh, it looks like a big line. And she's like, oh, that's creepy. Right? <laughs> you know? Point is, is we know where each other is at. Not that we check and stock, but hey, it also helps for planning or I get the house clean before she comes back with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up and clean, mom's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah, amen. So that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. need to be watching more careful. I am. I'm watching more careful. Hurry up, mom's coming. When she turns that corner, yeah, it's like, oh. Yeah, no. No, our, our spouses, will, they'll be comforted, comforted that our heart is safe in them. But more importantly, our heart should be safe in Christ. So that spiritually we do not stray. Like the book of Hosea. That's a strong book, isn't it? God didn't want to judge Israel. He wanted to grant them mercy, but they didn't want to repent. So God said to Hosea, I want you to take a wife that's a harlot. I want you to marry her. And how do you think Hosea felt? Great. Wonderful. Not sure how that's going to work out, which, you know, if her heart wasn't changed. And you saw how it worked out. And God was able to use it as a picture, an illustration of exactly what we go through. Why? Covetousness. Covetousness. Putting it this way before we move on. Covetousness will stop your ears from listening. You will not hear the word of God. You know, I've had somebody say, you know, Pastor, I, I don't really get much out of my Bible reading, so I don't really do it. And so I asked him, well, why, why don't you get much out of your Bible reading? I don't know, I just, you know, I'm not much of a reader. You know, that's usually what happens. Well, you need to be. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I just don't get a lot out of it. Okay, so what do you do? Well, Every once in a while I read it. Man, the more time you spend doing something, the more that you'll get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Reading your Bible isn't about as many chapters as you can get in a day. It's getting the word of God into your heart. And even if that means a phrase or a verse, it's not about, you know, reading through the Bible is good. Mm-hmm. Just like Nelson said, you know, hey, I forgot that was there. You know, you ever been there? I'm like, oh, that's so good. But I forgot that was there. And that just, that prompts me to to keep reading. I know I need to keep reading because I forget. And the more that you get this in is you get the garbage out. You get the good in and then we'll love God more because we'll remember how good he is. But if your focus is more on getting stuff than on this book and the God of this book, your life will show. And you know what will happen? Is like, remember, I, I was trying to mess around and shoot you with my ray. 
Just my volunteer nader. Yeah, I try to, I had to practice that word, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it just kind of shoots. I have to take this from kids at night because they shoot each other, you know, in bed. You know, they're like, hey, you know, shooting. And I'm like, what? And so we wouldn't have to joke around, right, about the volunteer, you know, like, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Now next week, Harry and Charlotte are going to be sitting back there by James, <laughs> where it's safe. I'm going to shoot Charlotte next time. Yeah. So we wouldn't have to, you know, beg people to volunteer, would we? Because if God has our heart, man, we're just we're begging God to to use us, right? When I first got to NTBC, I was 24 years old, and uh, God uh, just, there was a uh, missionary that come through the church in Germany where I was stationed, and uh, his name is Trent Green. I don't know much about him, don't know where he is now, but he asked my pastor, Herb Curden, he said, Pastor Curden, can I, can I shine your shoes? And I wasn't sure, because, you know, I'm kind of shady, you know, apart from Christ, and I'm like, what's this guy trying to sell? Pastor, what's he trying to do? He goes, uh, he's actually, he's legit. He's trying to be meek and serve and serve me. He's not trying to get our support. Because, you know, he's, he knew the difference. You know, he could see through people. For me, everybody was shady, right? You know, I'd just gotten saved, so I was still, you know, kind of shady myself. And, you know, everybody was shady in my opinion. So I was still colored by the flesh, right? But he asked my pastor, can I shine your shoes? And I just spoke to my heart because, I mean, touching someone's feet, yuck. That's, that's funky. That's nasty. Well, I learned from, my pastor took the time and he taught me, look, that's good. So when I... First got to NTBC, Pastor Schaefer didn't really know me. Um, and um, so I asked him, I said, he wouldn't let me do anything. He wanted me to sit in the church for six months before I even took an offering or stood at the door. Yeah. So he wanted to get to know me. Are you legit? Yeah. Or are you just here to get the girl? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it, but I agreed with him, right? And so I, I wasn't allowed to do anything. So I asked him, hey, can I shine your shoes? He looked at me like I had two heads, man. He's like, what did you just say? I said, well, I don't have anything else to do. You know, in the military, you can really shine shoes. You're really good at that. And he was four years Air Force back in the 60s. 
So, I mean, that really spoke to him, man. I'm just like, well, I didn't know. That's the only thing I was allowed to do. <laughs> so, uh, he had three sets of shoes. They were the same boots, right? I mean, it's Pastor Schaefer. You, I don't know if you remember this, but when he walks, I mean, I run next to him. Yeah. He has this, oh, man, he's set to go. He wears out shoes in just a couple of months. So he has three sets of shoes, his preaching shoes, his around-the-church shoes, and then his outside-the-church shoes. And so I would rotate. So I said, bring me these other shoes. And you know what I got to do during that time? Is I prayed over his feet. Because why? Romans chapter 10 says, what, how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel? Right? I wasn't allowed to do anything else in the church, but I got to pray for my pastor's feet. And you know what? It didn't bother me. And you know what he was able to do? Man, he just made a big deal about that in the church. A big deal about that. No one in all of his years, still no one in all the years, have ever asked him to shine his shoes. When God is the God of your heart, not just... You know, saying, you know, you're willing to do whatever. And not just that, but you're begging. Right? So, like, uh, we have a light out outside the building. Can I, can I say this lovingly? Should I have to ask somebody to fix that? No. But I love you guys. I'm not picking on you. We got door handles that need to be replaced. There's door stops back there that, you know, hey, I got the stuff. Just tell me if, if we need to get some. Do you know what I'm saying? How much should we have to beg to serve? Yeah. Not to talk. Pastor, what can I do? Hey, there's this that needs to be done. Man, do it. Unless it's like rearranging things and it's like, here, let's think about that. <laughs> you know, but what I'm saying is, praise the Lord for a servant's heart. Because I could spend... All this week tinkering here at the church. But is that what you want me as your pastor to do? Yeah, it's not your job. I'll do it. I enjoy it, by the way. I enjoy tinkering for God. But what other areas that God has called you to, not somebody else that's really good at certain things, or... God's only called ladies to, to work with kids. No, no, that's not true. Kids can be scary to guys, by the way. But you know what? God can train you and teach you and give you heart for those young ones. Candy helps, by the way. Do you know what I'm saying? Am I coming across in a... I'm just, I'm trying to be gentle. I'm just saying that as you love the Lord... You will seek to serve him and do what he wants. And, it, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. So that if you find yourself in a place where you're just not content, you're not comfortable, man, just get after God. Help me. Lord, what do you want me to do? And fall in love with Jesus again. That's what you and I need to do. You fall in love with Jesus. Man, you'll just say, man, you get a, just a good skip to your step and you have a smile on your face when God is God in your life. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
So would you stand with me? We didn't get to the bottom of our sheet, but that's all right. 